so I put, put all my hands on deck on pause with, with other ventures and, and just focus on me up. I always thought, you know, I could be Elon Musk and the, the, the busier I am, the better I'll do it. And that was a complete lie that I told to myself. It's impossible to do something excellent if you're not focused. And I think that was that was my, my biggest mistake, which I learned the hard way. This is My Product Tested, the show that unpacks how successful founders have tested their way to the top and all the market validation that happened along the way. In studio, as always, from the hype team, Miles Hovac and Cameron Calder, and here in studio this week, Higo van Billion, founder and CEO of the South African edtech startup, FinMeUp. Higo and his founding team have spent the last two and a half years building a product that's on a mission to improve financial literacy through democratizing financial education and information. Welcome to the studio, Igor. Thanks, great to be here. Cool. Um, so Higo, you guys have been around for a few years now, you know, building a strong team currently in, in seven countries and sort of over 4,000 new, new app users and spending an average of 15 minutes a day on the app. So pretty incredible product that you've built. And today in this very room, what is in simple terms FinMeUp? So FinMeUp's mission is to clear the way to financial independence for our community. So essentially all the moves and all the decisions we make is to get us closer to that mission. Uh, so we are obviously majority based on Africa and African countries. For now, the most of our users being in South Africa. So there's obviously a long story behind FinMeUp and how we got to this point. But where we are now is we have our main product, which is the FinMeUp app. And the FinMeUp app is where, you know, you can get your financial education and information on a daily basis. So anything financial from stock market news and education and information to daily updates uh, on what's happening in the financial markets or education on credit, education on budgeting, tax, general finances, so everything finances. It's, it's a one-stop shop to, to learn more and be more informed. Uh, and later on, we'll also add our own products such as insurance, investment products and all of that. But I mean, for now, we are focused on education and building our community. Uh, so essentially, we connect industry experts, which we call mentors on the platform, to our user base and giving everyone access to their knowledge and their skills and their mindset, um, democratizing the education. So so that's what we do in a nutshell. Yeah, I mean, that's amazing. We've, uh, I mean, the hype team has been following FinMeUp for a while and it's really epic to see. I mean, the first thing that we do is look at your sort of digital appearance, which is obviously your, your app and what that looks like, your website experience, what you look on from a content uh, marketing perspective and, I must say each sort of element that you guys push push out there and your website experience and UX and UI is beautiful from, from start to finish. Yeah, thanks. There's uh there's been a lot of effort that has that has gone into that. Yeah, no, it's a, it's amazing to see. So I see that you are uh involved and have other companies like Handel and and Happy Hour. Um, you know, moving into FinMeUp, how is these experiences with these other companies that you've worked in how has that kind of influenced FinMeUp and what that product is is now today? Essentially, every, all my ventures that you probably saw on my LinkedIn uh, was before FinMeUp. 
but as I launched FinMeUp systematically, it all just went to the side uh, as, as all of my focus went to, to FinMeUp. So I put all my hands on deck on pause with, with other ventures and, and just focus on FinMeUp. I always thought, you know, I could be Elon Musk and the, the, the busier I am, the better I'll do it. And that was a complete lie that I told to myself. It's impossible to do something excellent if you're not focused. And I think that was <laughs> that was my, my biggest mistake, which I learned the hard way. Uh, so currently I do fin me up, just fin me up. Um, and, you know, the I do a hobby, which is music and songwriting. So I've, I've released about three albums to date, but that doesn't really require any effort. It's, it's just my escape. But regarding ventures specifically, it's all in for me up at this very moment nice and that's that's kind of good to see that these learnings have kind of influenced this focus um and were there any things that you've kind of learned from these previous businesses that you worked on these other ventures and hobbies that you have that have influenced you know the decision making or certain things that you've done in fin me up um anything that you've kind of learned in the past that's that's influenced this product I think music actually to be extent, uh, because obviously as a musician, it's basically a B2C business. Uh, you need to get consumers to listen to your music and fill me up is B2C, even though we have partnerships with other businesses, but you know, in music, you learn more about marketing, trying to reach the masses, using PR, uh, and all the marketing that goes with that, using branding, uh, focusing on the product. So for example, in a song. When you release an average song, it's not going to do well. Where if you really put all your focus into one song, it would do much better than releasing seven average songs. Um, and you know, all of those lessons also go into the business. But with regards to the other startups that I've been in, uh, you know, every business will have its own challenges and its different challenges. So I don't think there's a certain recipe that you can just copy and paste if you are a successful founder that has, for example, exited a previous venture. Uh, so everything you're going to learn, new lessons every day. And I think the biggest lesson about being a startup, and that's also what I've learned, is to be extremely adaptable um, and, you know, taking things as it is and moving on from there when you're formulating your plans. Yeah, I mean, uh, Higo, I think you have quite an incredible story, I mean, uh, to sort of do music on the side and then be part of multiple ventures is, is really interesting. Uh, I'm just curious about, you know, what, what was this sort of original problem you were trying to solve with these and more specifically with FinMeUp uh, compared to where it is today? Yeah, so I'm a believer where there's chaos, there's opportunity and where there's, there's problems, there's an opportunity. So all the problems that I've faced in my life since I was probably in primary school was, here's a problem, how can I solve this and make a business out of it? And that's probably why I thought, you know, there's so many problems, so I can do many businesses at once. Um, but with up, it's always been my passion. So I started investing in the stock market when I was in grade seven. Um, so, so fairly young. And I fell in love with it from the beginning. So I told my father in grade seven, I want to buy a gold coin because I want to put my money somewhere where it will be more in 10 years time. And that's when he told me rather look at the stock market. If you really know what you do, you can make much more money than in gold, which turned out to be true. And I fell in love with it. 
you know, I used to be that guy in, in high school, hiding my phone from the teachers, just researching shares and look, educating myself about investing and businesses and all of that. And that, so that's always been a passion of mine and also, you know, business itself. So I remember selling Boltung and Dribbles in high school and uh, trying these various hustles just to just make extra money. Uh, and in my first year, I launched uh, my first website in, in the, this was in varsity it was a complete failure. I tried to compete with Instagram, but like for entrepreneurs type thing, but it was, it was a failure. Uh, I, I realized that quickly. It's, it's a stupid idea. Um, but I also learned there that when you get an idea, you actually need to validate it. Uh, many times we get excited about business ideas and we chase it the expensive route and the time consuming route without actually just validating the idea first, um, you know, with the MVP or something. But anyway, so I just continued with my passion investing. And then in my, I think it was second varsity, I created a WhatsApp group with friends where I shared my knowledge on investing and on startups and all of that. And they all, you know, where none of them invested before, they all started investing their money. And as soon as you start investing your money, your entire mindset becomes differently, uh, you know, because now you are the guy that invests. And when, when you spend your money, you, you think differently. You think, how can I actually make these cents or rands work for me uh, instead of, you know, just how can I save it in my bank account? And from there, I actually got a dream um, after the WhatsApp group of an app, went on LinkedIn the next day, got app developers in India after a curation process or just a process of finding developers, developed the MVP app with my own money uh, that I'd made through the different ventures and hustles, uh, launched it in early 2020 in COVID or in, during the, the period when we were at homes, uh, launched the MVP app partnered with various companies like Easy Equities and a few other companies, launched various new features. And there were so many features that I thought was going to do super well. Like we had a, we developed a fantasy league for shares and stocks. And I thought mm -hmm. it's going to be a huge success. You know, it's this gamification. It was quite expensive development looking at, it was also my personal funding. Um, and, you know, my resources were extremely limited, but we did it. And... We learned, we learned many lessons from the MVP app, what to do, what not to do. Yeah. Paused the MVP app last year, July. Um, this was after we, you know, got together and decided we need to make plans to actually get into our mission and our vision because the MVP app wasn't going to get us there. And there needs to be changes because, first of all, the platform wasn't scalable enough. It was too, there were too many things going on. We needed to simplify it. We needed to change the model a bit to make it more inclusive and more community driven. Um, and after various processes, we got to the idea of where the app is now. But in the meantime, we had to raise funding for this um, because we decided to rather develop a new app in South Africa where the quality is, is a little bit better. But so we, we knew we had to raise funding and I've been in conversation with funding for a long time with, with investors and some of my mentors. So in July, uh, my last bit of runway left and uh, I made an agreement with our development company, Specno. Uh, we, we developed this app and I told them, look, I don't have the funding at the moment to develop this new app. 
but you know we'll we'll get there just let's just have faith and and develop this so i, I told them i'll fund the designing phase and we can book the development so long uh, the breakthrough will come which is a leap of faith and and they backed the vision um and we went with it so in july when it all started i actually got three funding offers the first two were smaller but we would have been able to do what we needed to do with a basic mvp version but then one of my main mentors at that time and i won't say his name uh, but he but he knows who he is uh, but he then phoned me you know we so we spoke once a week he phoned me he said you know you'll fund the business he, him and a partner and like a big big sum of money at a high valuation you know it sounded so great i know the guy I trust the guy he basically sent the term sheets on whatsapp uh, all said we just know to the other two small investors because they he's, he's not going to invest with other people mm. there were very red flags i should have seen but obviously wishful thinking and a week so i said to the other small investors this was and i i, I kept an open book with them um so, so still have relationships with them but a week later i asked this main investor you know where's the contract still waiting he said hold on it's, it's almost done we'll be there in about a week's time and anyway i never heard of him again that was that was the last message uh -huh. So now it was fast forward to end of September. The development needs to start. We need the funding. We need to build a team. You know, there's a big vision that we need to chase and it's going to cost money. My resources are done. And then the breakthrough comes. Uh, we raised funding from one company, which was a group of companies. And about a few weeks later, we raised another round from a family office. And that was a big breakthrough. Development went on. And, and uh, along the journey, we was always community driven community focused during the community so by the time our app launched three weeks ago we had a community of around fifty thousand people of app uh, so even though we didn't have a real product we, we had a community on whatsapp on telegram on various channels where we engaged with them and realize and asking them you know what features do they want what what is it that they really need in their financial lives launched the app three weeks ago and now we had just uh, around 5,000 app users um, and it's actually according to the stats it's now in, used in 70 countries uh, oh, wow. which which is probably not too accurate because uh, you know they sometimes these weird DNS service can pop up but from the real service you know we we have close to 100 uh, 100 users in various African countries like uh, Nigeria, Kenya, uh, even Namibia. So there's various countries that is already there and we haven't even spent a cent there on marketing um, where we've, we've just focused on South Africa. But the product is also so designed that through the community and through the mentors and, and through all of that and a strong focus on social media, it grows organically. So that's that's the the story of of the idea to to where we are now and still learning and and uh, engaging with users to what we need to do next. Yeah, Hego, that's an amazing story. I think uh, definitely a, a positive is is launching in twenty twenty. I guess sort of during the chaos of everything that was happening in the world, um, and my limited knowledge of 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 the stock market. I know that it was quite a bull market at the time, um, but I think right now. Uh, there's quite a few people that are worried out there, especially the crypto investors. Uh, but I guess that's a, another conversation for another day. Um, but yeah, I think it, you guys have made some amazing progress and, and something that really 
sort of resonated with me that was that you engage with your community and you spoke to, you know, your users and asked them exactly what it is that they're looking for. And I think there's so much value in that. Uh, so many different founders make that mistake early on and don't, you know, f figure out exactly what it is that their users want. Um, so it's really good to hear that you guys sort of took that route. Yeah, so I mean, I learned that the hard way <laughs> because with the MVP app, and fortunately, you know, it, it was my own money that I invested in the MVP version, um, which was the one we developed in India. But I did no validation. I literally, I had my ideas of what the app should look like and what it should be, and I just went for it. Um, and fortunately, the development cost was less, so I didn't burn all my money. But some of the features were great, and they performed really well, but some was... I spent unnecessary money and I learned that the hard way. Um, but I'm glad I learned those lessons early on with my own money. Cause you know, once you raise funding, you want to spend it wisely. So, um, yeah, glad, glad we learned it early on, but there's no other route. I would completely suggest for any business before you do any wireframes or any designing or even go speak to your customers. That's that's where the answer lies because they, they are going to be the ones that's that's going to use your product. Yeah, I mean, we obviously from our side as a, as a company, we run a website optimization and, you know, a big part of that is is running these on-site surveys, trying to understand the users better. And, you know, it seems like such a, a small piece of the greater puzzle. Um, but, you know, once you start finding out these insights about people, you could find these gold mines of, of information that can transform your entire website into a really high converting site. Um, and it all starts with those consumer insights. And it's, you know, it's the same in business. You, you start out trying to understand these users. And then once you have your product out there, you try sort of balance the difference between what the users actually said and what the users are actually doing with your product. Um, which is quite a nice thing. Just going back to your sort of initial problem that you're solving, you know, as you say, going through school, uh, doing all of this sort of stock market investment and research and trying to understand this yourself. You know, the, the, the thing that I like about these type of businesses is that there's a lot of depth on it because you're scratching your own itch. You know, it's something that you realized that you needed back then that would have fast-tracked a lot of learnings for you. Um, you know, trying to scrap together loads of websites and not knowing which ones are credible or not is, you know, a big thing that you guys are solving now. And I think the, the big sort of question there is, you know, you guys have now, I would imagine, have a nice vetting system as to who these mentors are because, you know, nowadays everyone's a Forex expert who's trying to convince these guys to join their network and, you know, selling them dreams of this uh, mismanaged money. And now you guys are going out there and putting a stamp of approval that these guys are credible and they're thought leaders in their space. And now you have full access to absorb as much credible information as possible. Yeah, so the, the thing what, what I love about financial education and finances is, you know, the, the formulas don't really change. If, if you, the principles that Warren Buffett said, 60 years ago is, is still relevant today. And I think why I'm also so passionate about financial education is when I was in high school trying to learn everything myself, first of all, the lessons cost me money because I made mistakes. And secondly, it cost me time 
And thirdly, I learned some things wrong. And the thing what we can do now with Fin Me Up is learning from various mentors. So first of all, there's mentors with different skills and different ways of uh, you know teaching and, and sharing knowledge. So first of all, there's, there's a mentors who our users can choose. Second of all, uh, they also produce all the knowledge that they've learned from years and various mistakes so that the users also don't have to make the same mistakes. And thirdly, because of our experience and it's what they really know and what they are passionate about, it doesn't take them that long. So what takes them, you know, what would have taken a user 20 hours to do will now take them probably less than an hour. Uh, so first of all, we are saving people on learning time. We are saving them on cost. Sure, there's premium, but I mean, the value you get from premium is, is like two coffees a month that you can just cut out and get a you know, lifetime's input. Um, but so we're saving them time, saving them money, and saving them learning from the wrong people. Um, and how we do that is, so for example, some of the mentors, when I was in, in grade eight, you know, no idea about the stock market, but eager to learn. I read the Finweek, Financial Mail, MoneyWeb, everywhere I was just reading uh, on, on news sites. And I remember the name I read there, and that was, for example, names like Keith McLaughlin, uh, Anthony Clark, um, Simon Brown. And now all of a sudden, you know, they are mentors on the FinMeUp app. You know, where before did you have access to, you know, these kinds of, of mentors? And, and that's why I'm really proud of what we've built and i mean we are going to add various various more mentors on the platform as we scale into africa we're going to add mentors in those areas as we've already begun searching for for mentors in those areas because you, know, you need people with the same culture so that you know you, some people prefer different slang different methods of learning and so that's our plan getting the right mentors making them accessible and, and their minds making their minds accessible to our users yeah, that's that's epic. I think there's also you know these nice shifts to a new way of absorbing content, uh, especially in edtech. Like with edtech, kind of seeing what uh, you'd sort of romanticize a boom at the moment, where you know you have companies like Masterclass bringing celebrities into your homes, where they they're teaching you you know world class athletic techniques, or or like Gordon Ramsay teaching you cooking where previously the stuff wasn't accessible and it's the, the sort of same high figures that are in this financial mail that are, you know, in the palm of your hands, producing amazing personalized content. Um, you guys said that you, you launched three weeks ago, going into this launch, there's obviously sort of key metrics that are going to find you on a sort of road to success or at least a road to progression. What sort of metrics are you looking at? You, you spoke about the sort of 5,000 plus users, the, the 70 countries or so, and, and the 100 in each of these regions. Um, what, what's the sort of key performance indicator or metric that, that you're focusing on to, to monitor this growth? Yeah, so yeah, I, look at, I look at all the metrics. You know, I'm a firm believer in data and, and using data to understand your business better. So we look at literally everything. So daily active users, how, how many times a day does a user go onto the app? How much time do they spend on the app? Um, if we do a marketing campaign, how much revenue do we get from the marketing campaign? How many links do we get from the marketing campaign? So literally any data that is trackable, we try to track and analyze to make future decisions because you know, data doesn't lie. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's uh, you're speaking our language. This is uh, <laughs> that is everything for us, and I think the the really nice thing with you know having an app like this where you you're building usage as well and and time on site or, or time on app, and I think you know the more richer information and the more time people can digest this information is you know crucial to them one getting enough value from that and and two building retention with that you know those users so i think that's yeah it's going to be a great thing to watch over the the coming months yeah definitely hey go i th- i i know you probably can't share too much with us uh but i'm interested in what the the roadmap looks like for fin me up from here um i'm sure you guys have some pretty exciting things in the pipeline um is there sort of anything that you can share some lights on with us and and tell us more <laughs> if if we had to develop all all the ideas that we have it would probably take us years and years because there's such a big product backlog yeah. um but you know some of the main highlights is you know in the next few years and the the reason i say next few years some of them will be in the next few months some of them in the next few years because we're gonna do it in in phases and we're gonna work very closely to our community and to the analytics that we track to see you know, which features do we need to launch first what is what does our community want from us next so you know it includes insurance products it includes investing products it includes credit services and uh, credit scoring services and so there's, there's various ideas in all things finances, uh, but the, the short answer is, you know, literally anything that there is currently financial, we've we've thought of that, but we're going to work very closely with our community and our users asking them what they want next. Um, unfortunately, that's the information we're going to keep private. Yeah. I guess uh, in the music industry, it's uh, similar to testing a new licky with your family or friends, you know, you want to <laughs> play them. Yeah, the yeah. Tr- and kind of yeah but uh with me you know my my dad is a bit older i'm the youngest of four siblings so he's he's now 63 um so usually my music is english pop uh which is a bit too modern for him and he's a brutally honest guy so he says he likes it but it's a bit too modern but anyway you got to take feedback positive and negative 100 percent i mean here go just to finish off uh, we always like to ask founders sort of if there's anything in the industry that they'll take a bet on. And I think uh, a man of your experience in the stock market, uh, betting isn't always the, the greatest option. Um, but where do you see the sort of industry going in this in this space? Um, are you seeing some competitors come through that are, are doing things a bit differently? Do you see, you know, what's on the horizon that you see is going to play, you know, a vital part in, in this sort of ed tech industry and, and later this, this fintech industry? So... Fintech, uh, there's a lot of competition. Uh, I mean, globally, if you see how many fintechs there are in, in the various countries and, and continents. So fintech, there's going to be lots of competition. So you, competition you need, you know, or either you need extra innovative products that, that doesn't yet exist, or you need a really strong branded community. So we focus on our branded community. And same with edtech. So yes, there there is competition in the content game, uh, but we believe we are quite unique in, in the platform that that we built. Uh, and you know, we we're not really that focused on competition. If we continue to please our community and add value to our community and really be engaged with them and give them what they want before anyone else, 
you know, I'm, I'm very confident in, in our future and that's exactly what we are going to do. But there's, there's definitely a massive opportunity and need. Um, you know, obviously monetizing education is not always the best solution. Um, it is, you know, that's why we have premium, but for just, you know, certain amounts of, uh, you know, exclusive research or interviews or whatever. But majority of the content on FinMeUp is free. And the reason for that is it needs to be free to reach the masses. And we really want to make a difference in, in everyone's life because everyone needs not only education, but information. So for us, it's growing the community and keeping them by, you know, just adding lots of value in their financial journeys because it's our vision to, to get them to financial independence uh, and we'll do what we have to do to get closer to that. Mm, yeah, I think it seems that lifetime value is definitely a, a vital part of your success in the long term. Yeah, definitely. Well, great, Tego. Thank you so much for your time. I think the we're going to call this part one of uh, this episode with uh, Fin Me Up because I'm really excited for us to do a second episode where we can see where you guys are in six months' time and you know, looking at at three weeks or four weeks in. Uh, the sort of traction to date is already incredible, you know, to have 5,000 plus users, you know, actively engaging in the app already. I think in six months time, it's going to be incredible to see what the growth looks like and also sort of where the product is and, and how that sort of roadmap has changed over time. And as you say, you know, engaging so in-depthly and building value within the community, I'm sure there's going to be some amazing insights that are going to come just from that increased usage. So. We'd love to have you back in studio in a, a couple months time and reschedule this and see where see where you guys are. Yeah, definitely. We'd, we'd be awesome. Always keen. Yeah, super exciting, Hingo. Thanks again for your time. Good to have you. Thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really exciting business and I think that he he's definitely the type of founder that has his heart in it. And he's been interested in this since he was, you know, uh, pre-teen years. Yeah. You know, and especially if, if you hear somebody talking about how they were reading like financial articles, you know, before they were even in high school, you know, I, I was- He's the right guy I, for the I, job. I was struggling to get through a rugby magazine and this, <laughs> this, this guy's reading about <laughs> financial stuff. So, you know, I, I, you know, I'm key to follow his journey and I, I wish him the most success. I think he's he's I think he's great. Yeah, before he told us that he was reading the financial mail when he was thirteen years old, I was about to say the one thing they didn't teach us in school was about financial <laughs> literacy and yeah. yeah, the the man's reading a financial I mean, mail every day. He didn't need to do uh accounting or anything like that. He was he was deep. Yeah, in he's doing his own. Yeah, but uh product wise I think it's epic. There's mm. loads of value there. I mean the the man has built a epic community and mm. this is a community-based product where there's back and forth interactions from mm. the mentors and then hopefully you know as we look more into the actual app experience that there's a, mm. a community of people that can speak about the product and mm. speak about you know investing and financial yeah, literacy it's, it's super interesting I, it seems that these community-based products are uh, becoming quite popular and it's it's definitely the best way to connect with your users you know before I, I think uh, companies were 
sort of trying to get proof of concept just by launching something into the market and then figuring out uh, whether or not it was gener generating enough revenue. Whereas now they're kind of connecting with their community, engaging with them uh, to figure out what the community wants before they release a product. Yeah. So I think that for me is 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 amazing. It's I mean, the amount of times that we hear people say that they go straight to India to build their first MVP <laughs> and then scrap their MVP what's, and start again. What's, so. Yeah, no, it's, I don't know what's going on in India, but uh, yeah, no, 100%. Um, you got you to get proof of concept, man. Yeah, I think the the cool thing is like getting that feedback from the users, and he respects mm. that. Um, my one sort of concern is that I I don't know how the onboarding is going to take place from getting these users because the cool thing is that on the one side you need to get mentors that are strong enough, mm. but every single person who speaks about financial information mm. or stocks or tax or anything, they want to be thought leaders and they want to mm. be seen everywhere. So. From it's the like one how do you side, measure that? Yeah. yeah, you're building supply on the one side, but then on the other side, how do you get these people to actually download the app and start engaging with it? Never mind mm. to sign up for a premium service. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's I, I, I guess in that sense, it's it's uh, assuring to hear that they haven't spent anything on marketing. So yeah. you know, eventually, when they are you know looking for that type of growth uh, in their user base, then they start. Uh, dabbling in a bit of marketing and they can they can make it work you know yeah i mean the overall experience is like an individual and founder i i respect him for mm. his humility 100%. and you know yeah, accepting that you know but yes he's built something nice and he's got the backing of uh, funding but he understands that it's you know it's not easy to build this and yeah you know he's still got a long way to go but he's seeing the initial signs of success yeah i think something they have on their side is as i mentioned earlier is that lifetime value you know what I mean? Uh, easy equities, as an example, I started using it a few years ago, and I'm still using it because yeah. you know that's kind of where sort of my my you know finance game is on a personal level, and I will probably be using it for years to come, unless I don't know somebody comes and breaks the mold and introduces something brand new that's better. But provided they can continue to offer that value to their community you know, their, their customers will stick around for years. Yeah, big time. What's the, like, how do they control inventory that's mm. valuable constantly? Because mm. you look at things like Blinkist and Audible that have, like, the backing of Amazon and all these big mm. investments where they have thousands and thousands of reams of content. Can you deliver on the amount of mentors that it mm. keeps to captivate someone? Because if you're mm. speaking about crypto, there's a very small audience that's interested in, specifically crypto versus mm. stock so you know how do you keep the amount of content and inventory available in crypto mm. constantly being updated that you know everyone's yeah. being interacted yeah i mean yeah that's definitely a challenge i don't know the answer to that right now um yeah we'll see in six months time when we, sure. when we do the second that's gonna be a good one thanks for listening to another episode of this is my product tested uh, an epic interview with Higa von Billion, founder and CEO of South African fintech startup and edtech startup, Fin Me Up. We'll catch you guys next week. <laughs>